Good morning, Birdland. I'm Mark Brown. I've been blogging about the Orioles for more than a decade on CamdenChat.com and waiting for them to win the World Series for my whole life. Thanks for listening today. Let's talk some Orioles. It's May the 5th, 2023. The Orioles are now 21-10 in the 2023 season after an absurd, just absolutely absurd 13-10 victory over the Royals on Thursday afternoon. It's just, it seems like the Orioles are playing weird games Every game, it's just bizarre. Something crazy happens. I don't know. I guess maybe what just needs to happen is I need to get used to where games matter again because from really the last month of 2017 through into last year, I had kind of forgotten what it was like to have a team with expectations where the games matter. Because, you know, even last year once the Orioles started winning, the team was playing with house money because no one had expected anything from them going into the season. And so it wasn't like if they lost too many games, they were letting down any external expectations that anyone could have placed on them. So it's not like, as Orioles fans, we could be like, oh man, you know, they let everybody down by doing this or this or this. You know, even though it was quote unquote only an 83 and 79 season, it was a wild success. But now this year, Following up on that, there were expectations, and now it's like, well, geez, you know, they can't keep blowing some of these games, which they didn't blow the game on Thursday, although they had the uh, <clears throat> 8 nothing lead that then turned into a tie game that the Orioles fell behind and had to come back and win, which is, it's just wild. It's, I don't know, um, I don't know what it portends for the season. It just seems like the Orioles, they can't play. They cannot uh, blow out other teams. So just for instance, the Orioles so far this year, they've played 31 games and only two of those games counted as blowouts, according to baseball reference, which is five or more runs victory by either team. So the Orioles are one and one in blowouts. They, on the other hand, are seven and two in one run games. And by the way, the Tampa Bay Rays, who the Orioles are chasing in the standings, they never lose. The Orioles are four and a half games back of those Rays. The Rays are 13-2 and two in blowouts so far. They are kicking the stuffing out of everybody. So I guess for the Orioles fans, this uh, the 7-2 and two in one-run games, that's a familiar refrain maybe from the 2012 Orioles. I guess a question would be, is the bullpen as strong? And then... You know, I I've, I spent most of the 2012 season just like waiting for the bottom to fall out of that team, and they never really did, in part because of the bullpen, in part because players were able to continue overperforming their expectations. So I guess we're going to see which of these things it is for the Orioles. Can they exceed the expectations because players are doing that, or are they going to have to shuffle the deck a little bit to get the big improvement? Of course, for 2012 Orioles, the big Mid-season difference was calling up Manny Machado. Things clicked really after that point. And otherwise, I guess I, I'm I'm perpetually going to be at least a little bit nervous that uh, your you, any good start can disappear in a hurry, or even you know a, a modest middle point can disappear in a hurry, as Orioles fans have unfortunately experienced. The 2017 team went four and 19 to finish off that season. And when the 2005 Orioles, who I talked about in the last episode, they started off 42 and 28. And then from that point on, they went 32 and 50, which, well, you know, that's a pretty bad record, right? 
excuse me, not 32 and 50. It was 32 and 60. They were even worse. That was the 2005 Orioles. Just so bad. I don't, I don't even know. So we got it. We just got to hope it doesn't, uh, doesn't fall apart into that. I guess I, I got to admit, I'm worried about the starting rotation as we come out of this stretch where the Orioles won 17 and five over the 22 game stretch against mostly bad teams, which was good. They've won seven straight series, which is good. But the next 22 game stretch, that's all above 500 teams, starting with three series against the other three teams with the the best records in Major League Baseball. Aside from the Orioles, that is the Braves, Rays and Pirates. Yes, it is weird that the Pirates are among that number, but here it is. That's those are, you know, we're hitting it right now. Um, This is the gauntlet. It's coming right now. I feel like I guess my hope is maybe that the Orioles um, can go. I, I'm setting the bar if they can at least go nine and thirteen over this twenty-two game stretch. I think that will probably mean that some of the currently rickety areas of the team have been shored up, either by personnel being changed or by the existing players doing a little better. So I, I, I'm worried about the starting rotation. Um, Dean Kramer with a six point six seven ERA, not great. Kyle Bradish six point one four ERA, not great. Grayson Rodriguez, after giving up six earned runs in three and two-thirds innings on the Thursday game, he's got a 5.46 ERA. So, you know, that's that's not great. They've got bullpen problems, which were on display on Thursday. All of CNL Perez, Brian Baker, Danny Colomb, and Felix Bautista struggled at least a little bit. Now, Baker and Colomb have been more or less good so far this season. Colomb has been very good so far. Baker has been more or less good. Um... Perez and Bautista have been shaky. Other guys in the bullpen have been shaky. Although, thankfully, Yenier Cano was still great. And he uh, he's kind of really helped stitch a lot of things together that maybe we wouldn't have thought. So, you know, like I said, it, it's familiar to 2012, except is the bullpen as strong? I don't know what, the, what shuffling is going to need to happen. It does seem like Dylan Tate and Michael Gibbons will be back pretty soon. So... That's good. Uh, hopefully that will mean they're going to shuffle off players who aren't performing as well. Uh, as I said last time, I don't think it's going to be a case of Chuck, both CNL Perez and Keegan Aiken, who at the moment are the two worst performing active relievers, because that would get them down to only one lefty. So it's probably going to be at least one righty gets removed and maybe I, I, I don't see how they can keep Perez around right now. Um, he, he just is giving up so many runners. It, it may turn out that last year was just his one career year, and now he's reverting to the pitcher he pretty much was before the Orioles claimed him on waivers. I don't know, but they're, they're going to need to start doing better with some of this stuff because, you know, you can't have the rotation taxing even your good relievers so much uh, as, as they currently are doing. They, the starters, for the most part, are not going deep into games, which was not supposed to be a problem because the Orioles got Kyle Gibson to be an innings eater, and then they traded for Cole Irvin to be an innings eater. Well, you know, Gibson, Gibson, he's he's living up to his end of the bargain, more or less so far. Irvin, no, since he got demoted to Norfolk after only a handful of starts, and it doesn't look like he's going to be back anytime soon. He's getting middling results even at Norfolk. So, you know, there you go. Um, it, it's It's the trio of... Kramer, Bradish, and Rodriguez uh, that, that really needs to step it up or else maybe get replaced by somebody. I, I don't know who. I don't know who would be the answer. But 
you know what? We're going to get a taste of what a great starting pitcher looks like immediately because the scheduled starting pitcher for the first game of the Atlanta series is Max Fried, who's got a 0.45 ERA through his first four starts this season. So, you know, you want to talk about an ace. There's a guy who's uh, throwing up ace results. And so, you know, that that's we're going to get get a look and see, I guess, what uh, what that's all about. And he's going to be opposed by Kramer. Uh, that's two guys with some Jewish heritage pitching on the Sabbath evening. So I guess we will uh, see if there's anything interesting resulting from that. But Kramer just needs to pitch better, and that's what needs to happen. And so does Braddis, and so does Rodriguez. That's that's really all there is to it. So dipping into the mailbag tonight, it's actually not from the mailbag. This came out of a Camden chat discussion from some folks who were listening to the podcast on there. And people were wondering, what do I think about when it's going to be time to move on from some of the players who have been struggling so far this season? And I really think for the bullpen, it's probably now. I think that for players who have struggled over the first month, I think that it's it's generally the case that there are guys who just... They don't have it this year, and you see what they have in spring training and in April, and if they're bad after April, you can pretty much move on. I, For me, that would be, I think you can move on from Cino Perez and Austin Voth, although Voth has rebounded from a few early bad outings to be a little bit better later. Uh, I, I just think that's who the math is going to do for when Tate and Givens come along, hopefully shortly. I feel like for the starting rotation Maybe soonish, maybe um, you give it until the end of this uh, 22 game good team stretch. So you're looking for those maybe at AAA Norfolk. You've got DL Hall. He went five innings in his last start, uh, struck out eight batters, but he also walked four and hit a batter. So he's walked 13 guys in 21 in the third innings at AAA Norfolk so far this year. I, I've said it before on this podcast, I'm just not a big believer in Hall. I, I don't see how the command is ever going to come together to be a big league starting pitcher. And, you know, even though he's got five shutout innings where he struck out eight guys, he still has put five guys on base for free. It's tough. It's going to be tough to do it. Maybe he still needs to work on a little more. Maybe he's never going to be able to do it. I don't know. Another lefty who is on the 40-man roster, prospect Drew Rahm, who we have not gotten to yet in the prospect of the episode series. He's made six starts, 2.87 ERA for the Tides, struck out 32 batters, and walked only 10 in a 31 and one-third inning sample. So that's that's pretty good. I don't know if that means Rahm's going to be the next guy up or whatever. I, I really don't know what the Orioles are thinking as far as how many chances they want to give to Kramer, Bradish, Rodriguez, but uh, it, I guess I would say maybe give it another three weeks, and then if, if those guys are still slumping, bump at least one of them and uh, bring up somebody from Norfolk. As far as position players, I don't know that a move needs to be made, although there were some strugglers at times in April. At this point, every regular after Thursday's game is at least above a 700 OPS, so they've all at least shown something, and so... Even, I don't know, I guess I'm the most glum about Anthony Santander, but he's he's waking up a little bit, and we know from past experience he can really go on hot streaks, and if he's waking up, you know, you don't want to be like, okay, we just got rid of him right before he was about to do one. But, you know, at Norfolk, we've got Colton Kowser over a 1,000 OPS, 
Jordan Westberg, exactly a 1,000 OPS. He's hit seven home runs. Joey Ortiz, who we already saw for a little bit in the big leagues, just a handful of games. He's got a 984 OPS in his Norfolk action so far this year. So, you know, maybe only an option, any of those guys, if someone gets hurt. Um, but, you know, that they're, they're down there. And if people stumble, I hope the Orioles will not hesitate to find a way to get one of these hot performing minor leaguers into the picture at the big league level because they're going to need everybody firing all the time on all cylinders, I think, to stay in this race. If you'd like to email in a question, you can email camdencastpod at gmail.com or you can do like folks did this time and just leave a comment for me on Camden Chat. I'm always reading the comments and I can happily take up any topic that people uh, say that they want to see there. I will be right back after a message from a Fans First Sports Network sponsor. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. So let's move on into our prospect of the day. And as a reminder, this comes from the composite top 20 Orioles prospects that I've put on CamdenChat.com. I put together um, the composite top 20 by averaging together five other outlets, top uh, Orioles prospect lists put them all together, got an average, and what we've got is that list. So if you want to spoil yourself, you can look on camdenchat.com. But for today, we've got number 12. It's Cade Povich, who is the first player we arrive at on this uh, list who did not arrive by being drafted by the Orioles. As you may recall, they got him in the Jorge Lopez trade last year. And he was kind of, I thought he was the centerpiece of the trade, that trade at that time, because he was the most advanced player who was a starting pitching prospect who the Orioles received. The Twins originally drafted him in the third round of the 2021 draft, although, um, you know, Yenier Cano uh, is kind of a revelation as a reliever this year. So maybe it's going to turn out to be the Yenier Cano trade rather than the Cade Povich trade. I don't know. But Povich, as high as number eight on the five rankings that I use, and as low as number 11, and one outlet that I didn't use on my composite because they didn't rank as many prospects is ESPN's Kylie McDaniel, who actually included Povich as a top 100 prospect in all of baseball. Um, McDaniel had Povich as the number 54 prospect in all of the games. So there's a guy who's a big believer in what Povich has going on or the potential Povich has going on right now. Before the 2022 season, uh, the Athletics' Keith Law, who is the big, the, the, the main guy supporting Povich on my composite ranking, said of Povich, quote, he's got three pitches with a good delivery that keeps him over the rubber and doesn't give hitters a great look at his fastball. 
He has the room to add 15 to 20 pounds to add velocity, end quote. And so Law thought that would add up to Povich being a number four starter, which if you can develop one of those internally and you're not trying to sign one as a free agent, that's pretty good. Um, the important thing for not giving hitters a great look at your fastball, that's when they start talking about, okay, does, it, the, bat, um, does the pitcher hide the ball well so that batters don't have as much time to maybe start to think they know what's coming and... If, if Povich has that quality, that certainly is going to serve him well. Uh, at the time the Orioles acquired him last year, he was pitching to a 4.46 ERA over 16 games with the Twins high A team, but he had struck out 107 batters whilst walking only 26 in 78 and two-thirds innings pitched. So I think that it's almost a certainty that the Orioles saw something that they liked in Povich's pitch uh, ability and quality as he was putting those results together, even though he had the high ERA, that's why they acquired him. And maybe they've been able to tweak his um, his arsenal just a little bit more to do a little bit better. Heading into the 2023 season, the Fangraphs prospect ranking for the Orioles, which also was positive on Kovic, uh, Povich, excuse me, said, quote, of the non-top 100 pitching prospects in this system, Povich is the one with the best chance to take leap and become a mid-rotation option on a contender, end quote. They thought that his build also has room to add some, uh, some pounds, which would possibly help him add both velocity and uh, the ability to improve on his secondary stuff as he improves uh, as he gets some big league experience. So they ultimately assessed he could be a four or five starter right now who could pop above that. And I think that's probably what the Orioles are hoping. Through the 2023 season so far, Povich has struck out 27 batters in 17 innings for the Bowie Bay Sox, the double-A team for the Orioles. He's got a 3.71 ERA. If there is a bit of a problem, he's issued nine walks so far this season. Uh, that's That's a bit of a command problem. I guess we'll see where he settles in. In his last outing, that was his best one of the year. Five shutout innings, 10 strikeouts. So I guess the question is, has he started to add any of this velocity they're talking about? Well, to be very honest with you, I don't know. They don't get that kind of public data at the AA level. It is available at AAA now with the StatCast stuff. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see what kind of some of the prospect folks start to say about that. But either way, he's a lefty. So lefties can get by with a little bit less velocity anyway. As far as his future role, I am believing in Povich being able to make it to the back end of the starting rotation, maybe late next year, maybe uh, opening day rotation for the 2025 season. Uh, The simple fact is somebody's going to have to pitch for these good Orioles teams that we hope are coming very soon. And John Means is going to be a free agent after next season which I know is hard to believe. It doesn't feel like he's been here that long, but remember he uh, he was around starting full-time in the 2019 season. And then, uh, you know, Kyle Gibson's going to be a free agent after this season. I can't imagine the Orioles are going to bring him back. As I've said, I'm not really a believer in D.L. Hall, so I don't feel like he's taken up a rotation spot. So uh, you, you're going to have to hope that somebody like Povich, uh, or, you know, really two of the prospects, I think, can maybe stick um, if guys like Kramer and Bradish are not able to stick. Now, I am still a believer in Grayson Rodriguez, so I think we're going to look at, like, I guess maybe, like, 
Rodriguez, and then hopefully Irvin can get it together just because they traded for him thinking they would get him for four years, and they've gotten him for three starts so far. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just a sunk cost, whatever. Um, I think that they're going to have to trade for somebody or sign a free agent eventually. Then maybe like Drew Rahm or Povich. I don't know. Kramer, Bradish. I, I don't know. I don't know who's going to pitch for these good Orioles teams that are coming. I... I really hope that uh, they're able to find a way somehow to get a good rotation. It's not happening so far in the 2023 season. The Orioles are succeeding in spite of that not really happening, and that's cool. I hope they can find a way for that to continue. I just um, I don't think that they will if things don't get figured out in the starting rotation I don't think that the good years that we're all hoping for are going to be as good if they don't get it figured out in the starting rotation. And I certainly hope that Cade Povich, who kind of was like, he was the centerpiece of those moves. The, uh, the, the guy who would be able to have the most maybe immediate impact in the rotation of the guys they traded for last July. And I hope, I hope he can do it. I hope the other guys can do it and put together, you know, um, uh, maybe three kind of come up from the farm starters and sign one and trade for one, you know, uh, I, I guess that's the best case scenario. I, I don't know, but we'll see. It's hard to develop starting pitching. We know this from recent areas of the Orioles where they just couldn't do it. And well, we're all hoping the Mike Elias Orioles can do better about that, but, uh, you know, they, they haven't brought anyone up yet from the farm and had any of those guys have multiple good starting pitching seasons with the Orioles other than John Means. So, you know, that, that, that's the only success story so far. And Means, you know, he was almost an accidental arrival because no one even thought he was a prospect. And he kind of turned himself into one in between the Duquette and Elias eras without the Orioles even really doing anything about that. So, you know, the Mike Elias people need to find a way to crank out some quality starting pitchers. It, it's, uh, I, I think they can, but the fact is they haven't shown it yet. So I hope that they don't turn into another group of people who just can't identify and develop good starting pitching at the big league level. So that's all I've got for today. If you are enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on your favorite platform and leaving a rating or review or tell a friend or family member. New episodes are every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning, so I will see you again on Monday morning. Hopefully we will have a nice series against the Braves to talk about. Between now and then, you can leave a comment on Camden Chat or tweet at me at Camden Chat on Twitter. Good Morning Birdland is a Camden Cast production on the Fans First Sports Network. Until next time, go O's.